This is Hallway Chats, where we talk with some of the unique people in and around WordPress. Together, we meet and chat with folks you may not know about in our community. With our guests, we'll explore stories of living and of making a living with WordPress. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 51. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Liam Dempsey. And I'm Tara Clays. Today we're joined by Norma Miller. Norma is an international captioner and as such is the owner of the captioning firm White Coat Captioning. Through her company, Norma and her team caption live conferences, seminars, classes, events, and more around the world, including more word camps than we can count. Norma calls Vermont her home, where she lives with her husband and her Yorkie, Mr. Jeffries. Welcome, Norma. Glad to have you here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Hi, Norma. Thanks for joining us today. Can you Hi, Liam. Us? Good to see you and to hear you. How are you? Uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself, if you would, please. Well, um, I'm a native Vermonter, if you want to say, if, if, if I can claim that, um, because I guess you have to be something like six generations or something in order for anyone to think you're really native in Vermont. But um, I've lived here all my life, uh, with the exception of a couple of years when I lived in uh, London, <laughs> which is really strange because I come from a town of around 200 people originally where I was born. Uh, and the next place I lived was you know, the major metropolis of London. Um, I uh, started my career as a court reporter way back, probably before many of the listeners were born. <laughs> and um, the, my career has evolved over the years uh, to now be the uh, captioning firm owner. How did you um, make the transition from court reporter to captioning? I guess they're, are they similar in terms of the technology that they use? Well, yeah, the basic skill is the same. And uh, yes, my career evolved uh, in the early 90s. Um, the BBC in London was recruiting for Americans to come to London to become captioners. So they um, did, went to, did this big recruitment process thing, and uh, I applied sort of on a lark, and oh my goodness, I got the job. So um, they sent me to the National Captioning Institute in Washington, D.C. to be retrained, because the, um, when you're a court reporter, or at least in those days when you were a court reporter, uh, you were just writing things down, and you would transcribe them later, so you could make all, you could make the changes, or edits or things that you've got wrong uh, later at your own pace. When, when you're a captioner, everything has to come out uh, readable and clear uh, on the first try. So um, things like homonyms used to be written all the same, but of course, and then you would later transcribe them, you know, your, 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 you are, uh, you would know in the context what would be the right way to transcribe it. Um, when you are writing for a real time or captioning, you have to write those on the stenography machine in a different way so the computer can translate it correctly. Because as we know, computers are very literal. <laughs> so that's, that's one of the challenges um, of transitioning. Yeah. How long did that, 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 that training take uh, in terms of the length of the class? But then I guess also, how long did it take for your brain to say, oh, 
this is how we do it now. It was this, this, I look back on this and I think really this happened. I can't believe it. It was only, it was a two week boot camp where they essentially eviscerated my entire stenography dictionary and my theory. They made me change so many things. It was unbelievable. (laughs) And um, I was up for the challenge I thought. And uh, then, uh, but then I, so they put me on a plane immediately from there to London. I landed on in London and on the first day, I just, I literally started crying. You know, I'm sure it was a combination of jet lag, culture shock, a million things. Uh, but I started crying and saying, this was a huge mistake. Send me home. And um, at the time as well, I was a young mom. My mom, my daughter was eight. She was back home with my husband, and I. Wow. You know, it was it was quite a mm. quite a challenge. So the first day, I started crying, and uh, they were just you know having me practice, practice, practice in on site at the BBC. Well, I was also, of course, getting used to the accents and the. Spellings and the terminology, and the phraseology and the idioms. yeah, um, the yeah. phraseology. I, I, boy, I got caught in a couple of interesting bloopers there. But um, in six weeks later, I was on the air captioning Wimbledon. Wow! Yeah, you learn so, quick, then I got you. Yeah, uh, it was not without a considerable amount of stress, but it was definitely awesome. I mean, it's one of those things where you just, the adrenaline just starts to surge you. And I went, oh my God, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. This is so great. Yeah. What is it? What, what do you love the most about it? I I assume since you started in, in sort of a um, keyboarding, uh, note-taking career with your court reporting that you're drawn to something about that, but I would think that captioning would also have I'm imagining this, so I could be completely making, you know, putting this upon you, but there's definitely a service aspect to it in that you're providing something so valuable to people that, um, so talk a little bit about what, what you love about what you do, what's drawn you to it and kept you there. Cause I can tell you're so enthusiastic about it. And I love that. <laughs> I do. I get a little bit um, excited when I start talking about it, which is such uh, it's really, really great. I mean, at this stage in my career, my age, et cetera, et cetera, I feel like it's uh, rejuvenated my career and rejuvenated really my entire life and all, all aspects of it. But um, yeah, I've always, I've always loved my career. I loved it when I was a court reporter, but I think this part, this um, iteration is for me so much more exciting and it fits my personality more. When you're in court um, or deposition, you're meant to be, you know, part of the woodwork, relatively invisible. You're just doing a job. And I, I always felt like I was appreciated, but not in the same way. And now it's like, <laughs> I feel like a, I don't know, a concert pianist or a, an Olympic athlete often on the job these days. I get, we get so much positive feedback and we do feel like we're, um, we're just appreciated in a different way. And our personalities are allowed to come through as well. So it's, um, I don't know, it, it, it ticks all the boxes in terms of work satisfaction for me. It's super challenging. It's um, unique. People have never, it's like the coolest job, I think, that people don't know exists kind of thing. And then when they see it, they're like 
in awe, which I mean, it can't, it, it just makes me and, and the people on my team, you know, it's like, wow, you know, we're, we're feeding each other. Yeah, I, I, I almost wondered when, when Tara was phrasing the question about why you like it, if, if maybe a, a good analogy might kind of be the difference between court reporting and, a, and what you're doing now, live captioning, is kind of the difference between the amateurs and the pro. You know, it's all real time. There's, you can't change it later that night and, and say, well, you know, the lawyers haven't seen it yet, so I can pick it up or oh, that's not what they said so I can swap this word I remember because I you know that's in my brain it's you're right or you're not and it's, yep. it's it's just live and there's no stop the clock you know the ball went out of bounds it's, yeah I mean and everybody's reading it you know whether it's a hundred people in the room or ten thousand people that's that's exactly right and they're reading it in real time so and of course when we do make bloopers they're always the <laughs> they're always the worst blooper you can imagine but um it's uh, yeah, it's Probably a higher risk. I would say that. I, I say that, you know, professional court reporters are amazing and they, they too are, um, I wouldn't call them amateurs, but. No, they, I didn't mean it in a, in a professional way, but yeah, just kind of the difference more, of pressure stress. Yeah. I mean, I say that, you know, and this may sound, and it may sound to my colleagues extremely self-serving, but I, I think we are sort of at the tippy top highest echelon of of um, performers, really. I, I really do keep likening it to being a performer. Mm. Um, and you're also now, not only are you doing this as a career, but you are also running a business. So that's, that takes things to a whole nother level as well, because when you are running the business, you're running the business more than you're doing the work sometimes. So talk a little bit about your team um, and, and, and also how you got connected with WordCamps, and I imagine all the travel that's involved in that. So I'm asking you a lot of questions at once. But yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll try. <laughs> I'll try. Um, yeah, I, um, let's see, running the business, that's a whole new thing for me. And um, even my husband sort of asks often, how did you how do you know how to do this and what, how, you know, and I'm basically asking myself that same question every single day as well. And, um, suffer a little bit from imposter syndrome on, in that realm. But, um, and I don't know, I mean, I've had people, people, uh, people, team members of mine have spoken to other people who uh, are members of our community are uh, that we serve and they say things like Norma had a vision that's why she's different and I go I'm not so sure <laughs> I basically I think that I Norma, saw I this surfboard going by on a big giant so wave if you want and people to think you have a vision it, they don't anymore oh <laughs> uh, yeah I'm sorry I am I think sorry, I was reminding you that we're recording this so if you want people to think you had a vision uh they won't anymore oh I know <laughs> and, and it's fine I, I don't mind I admit that freely from the stage <laughs> that uh yeah um, I feel like in many ways I, uh, there was, I was just out on this in the ocean and a big giant wave went by and I saw a surfboard there and for whatever reason I grabbed it and got on and <laughs> I'm, here I am. Um, was yeah. Those, was one of those surfboards uh, WordCamp? How did you get connected with WordCamp? Was, I think one of those surfboards definitely was WordCamp and um, I got connected. Um, should I say names? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, um, Kevin Cristiano, who's one of the big um, organizers and, sure, and sure. members of the community, um, 
I got a call from him at one point and he had the need and I'm not sure um, they'd had somebody come in to do a small portion the year before one of my team members Mirabai uh, and then this the next year uh, they wanted to do all the tracks so Mirabai is only one person and so maybe Mirabai recommended because she's my strategic partner in New York and um, somehow or another uh, that was the beginning and, um, we worked together and, um, it was, a, there was a challenging thing, you know, it was a big challenging setup and everything. And, uh, we pulled it off and we pulled it off well. <laughs> and that was the beginning really of, uh, of how I got involved in WordCamps. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely a focus of the internet is to be accessible. And as WordCamps are part of that community, I've seen more and more uh, WordCamps having captioning. I think I may have been at that WordCamp New York um, the first time that they captioned all of the sessions. And, uh, and I remember that transition and how exciting the vibe was there about it. Everybody was yeah. really thrilled. Uh, so... So you could, do you cover what percentage or what portion of your business is WordCamps? What other types of things do you cover? Um, my, I, I'm not sure if I could put a percentage on it um, under the heat of the moment here, but um, percentage of tech. Well, let's just say that uh, the reason that my company was called White Coat Captioning, originally the plan was to specialize in medical captioning because I had been through medical school, um, sh captioning for a medical student several times at that point. And that's what we decided. We decided, you know, that's what we're going to do. We're going to specialize, full stop, specialize, but also specialize in medical. A very difficult jargon that many other captioners just don't have any interest in doing, or they're not capable of doing. So I wanted, I there, it, back to the idea of whether I had a vision or not, that, that is true. I did have that vision of wanting to specialize in something really difficult that no one else dared to touch, that kind of thing. Um, so that's where the name White Coat Captioning came from. And then the tech community discovered us. And in many ways, I think the tech has eclipsed the medical. We're still full, going full on on the medical and we have a staff that is really specialized in doing that on a day-to-day -day basis. But I'm doing, I grabbed onto the tech and I'm doing the travel that's involved in that sort of thing and yeah. So you're doing that yourself? Mostly, I'm mostly doing, that's exclusively what I'm doing now is running the business and doing travel tech conferences. We do many also remotely, but when it requires travel, I'm the first one on the list to go. Okay. And, uh, yeah. And you have a team of how many people? I have a team um, that I can draw on of about a core team that's really working, I would say, pretty close to full time of 12. And I actually have, you know, many more than that that I can draw on on an ad hoc basis. I have a funny story about uh, captioning. It was actually, it was at WordCamp Philly and it was Halloween. Yes. Um, so, so some people were dressed up in costumes and there was a young man captioning a session and he was wearing a Boy Scout uniform. And I thought, 
how cool that there's Boy Scout who's doing a service project and captioning for WordCamp. And then I saw him at another WordCamp after that. And I was like, oh, Boy Scout. Oh, so I have the story. I have the background story for that. Oh, that's so great. I love that story. Um, Before you go, I should just say that I didn't have a dissimilar thought. I saw the captioner in a book. I'm like, oh, there's a Boy Scout here. Wow. That's oh, I cool. love that. Oh my gosh. I just, oh, I wish, I'm so glad you told me that. And story. then I realized, oh, it's the captioner. Why is he dressed as a Boy Scout? <laughs> oh, it's Halloween. We told people to come in costume. All right. I'm with it now. I'm all good. So, I'm all here. so yeah. So Liam was the organizer of that conference, uh, that WordCamp. And um, I intended to go, but I had to be somewhere else. And I was in Europe. I was in Europe somewhere. And uh, so um, I put together my team, which is, you know, it consists of Stan Sakai, who often is, you know, one of my first choices to do WordCamps, Mirabai, who's one of our first choices, and Amanda, who is also one of our first choices. I mean, all my, all my people are like my first choice. The, and, and one thing, that is one thing that distinguishes my firm from other captioning firms is that I only hire the cream of the crop and they have to earn their places there. Um, but um, yeah, I had, I sort of like, um, I saw that it was a Halloween theme for that uh, WordCamp and I was kind of, you know, chiding them a little bit or encouraging them, come on guys, are you gonna, and I even on Twitter, in Twitter, I, uh, you know, semi-publicly said, I wonder if my captioners are going to be wearing costumes. And Stanley joked and he said, LOL, I will, you know, see what I can do. And um, didn't tell me anything more. And then they sent a photo of the three of them. And I went, yes. And he was, his Boy Scout uniform, he was intended to be the little boy in Up. Up. <laughs> yeah. That is so, awesome. Yeah. So I was really thrilled that they, that they pulled out all the stops for that. Yeah, that was a yeah, lot of fun. Great. That was a lot of fun. Norma, I want to I want to ask you one of our signature questions if I can. Okay. You talked about your career and, and your life and the vision and the happiness that you're finding through career, uh, not just the business success, but really out of the joy of what you do and how you do it and the way that you get to do it. And with that in mind, I wonder if you can share with us what your definition of success is and it could be personal success it could be professional maybe a combination of both maybe you have separate definitions can you share those with us yes absolutely yeah i think my definition of success is um multi-part and um it has to do with an uh what i think i mentioned it earlier i alluded to it anyway i feel like um the, the, the boxes that I could tick um, are, uh, are you happy what you're do with what you're doing, in what you're doing? Are you good at it? Do you feel challenged? Um, are you doing good for somebody or, or for a community? And are you well respected and appreciated and compensated? <laughs> has to be one of the pieces as well. And I say I, I check yes to all of those um, in my life and in, in, in my business and personal life. It feels like, uh, wow, um, I, I feel like I won the lottery in so many ways. I, you know, and it's, it's very meaningful to me because um, I'll just say this very quickly and then move on. But um, I had not the most um, 
advantaged childhood, let's say that. And it, I find this interesting. Um, it's quite a theme off in many of the best captioners. They, when we sit around and talk, it seems like we had some challenges in our earlier lives. And um, somehow or another, this career drew us to it maybe for that reason. And I think maybe one of the number one things you have to have when you're a captioner, a really good captioner, is you have to be able to focus 100%. Basically, the world around you can fall down, you know, um, and you have to just focus on the words and getting the words. Um, and I think that maybe having had past challenges in one's life really contributes to that ability. So, um, Thank you for sharing that. And that insight, I think, is really interesting uh, to be able to have that focus. That's a hard thing to do. Yeah. It's, um, I th I, I, it's interesting. I, I sometimes work um, in doing not tech work, but something like, for example, in the vocational rehab um, departments, I do captioning for them as well. And um, the counselors will come up to me and say things like, this looks like a really great career, um, you know, and people could do it from home and, and um, you know, and they assume that the number one thing you need to do is just be a fast typist. And I just go, no, the number one thing you need is to be able to focus 100% at all times for long periods of time. Yeah, that, that would be very hard for me, I'm sure. And for many people, it's a, it's a gift that you have to be able to do that for sure. <laughs> How, so you're traveling a lot, you're running a business, you're doing something you love, and you live in what sounds like a pretty idyllic place in Vermont. So talk a little bit about how you manage all of this and, and what you do for your mental health, you know, how you, how you um, manage the stress of running a business and riding the surfboard and all those things. <laughs> um, what do you like to do for fun? I um I love to work out. I do um you know as as often as I can and it, it's a challenge keeping that up when I'm time zone challenged. The time zone thing is hard. Um and it does take its toll. But um I love to do I'm a, a sort of maybe it's it's analogous to what I do for work as well it's um I love sprinting I love uh, so I do the high intensity um interval training type of workouts and I can I can do you know three sets of 12 push-ups <laughs> that sort of stuff um and um so there's that. That's like, I think that's actually essential. We need to keep fit in order because really what we're doing is almost like an athletic event when we're working every day. I, a huge thing that has been a lifesaver for me is I um, got an assistant. I employed an assistant. So she takes, she does an awful lot of the admin stuff that I used to do all of, including, and, and in addition to all the captioning. I've um, limited what I caption, what I do now. So now I do only tech conferences or other types of conferences as well, but really mostly just tech. Um, so that the day-to-day -day things like classes and meetings and such, I delegate that to others. Um, I get massages. I treat myself really well. Yeah. I, you know, when I'm in the airport, I am in the spa if there's time, you know, that sort of stuff. You just need to. Um, and uh, so the, the sleeping thing is a challenge. And I have clients, 
you know, from Australia to California. So I'm kind of almost always on. So I have to just manage that. I turn off the phone. I listen to podcasts. I, um, and walk, you know, many miles and run. <laughs> I sprint in between the run, the walking and that sort of stuff. That's just the way I manage it all. And I have a really great support. Like, and, and I only, as I say, I, I do not hire someone who for, that's going to give me stress, that I'm worried that they're not going to perform well or that I'm going to get any negative feedback from the client, that sort of thing. Um, what's, the, uh, what's the pool of captioners that are out there? Is it, it's, it seems like it would be, how do people find this career? How do you find people who do it? It's so small. And um, thank goodness for social media. Because really, I've found all of my people via social media, and I don't know how I would have done it in the old days, you know, before that. Because um, finding people, uh, the right people, is really difficult. I mean, on a global scale, I'm pretty, I'm, I know there are a few more um, diamonds out there that I haven't found. But on a global scale, I've almost maxed it out. Um, or the other, the additional ones that are diamonds are already so busy that they can't join my team. Wow, that's a small, that's a really small. It's super now. small, yeah. yeah. Are young people coming into it? Is it, how is We're it? trying so hard to change the demographic. That's um, what has happened in our um, field is that our field is court reporters. And that's our, um, that's our, our um, accreditation um, uh, body is also in the court reporting field. And then there's like this little outcropping of, of captioners. And so court reporting as a profession had some challenges when uh, things like voice recording and such came along. And so the career seemed to be dying. So a lot of the schools closed. So we basically lost a generation. And many of the people in the field are my age, but not, you know, me, I'm, I'm my age, you know, going on 27. But <laughs> I like to think awesome. of myself. Yeah. But I, most people my age are thinking about retiring. And they're done. And they're, you know, this is the end of their career. And, and or I don't deem them to be, um, you know, the right kind of people for my, uh, the right demographic for my um, company. And so we are trying really hard. We, uh, we decided we, I don't know who I'm referring to in the we, the royal we, I guess, but also the, the, the group, the top group of captioners um, together, we're talking about who to recruit from. And now that is changing. Um, so many for so long, it was considered a sort of a clerical career. And so the wrong sorts of people were going after it. And there's about a 95% dropout rate in the profession, in the schooling. And it always has been since, in, since the 40s. And so now we suddenly dawned on us, big light bulb went off. We, we, you know what? We're going after the wrong people. And the wrong people are going after this career. So now we're sort of, we are doing talks and things like that, trying to um, interest people like gamers, um, coders, people who this would really be, or musicians. Yeah, yeah, people who... 
people who think city for the dexterity, yeah. but are also prepared to concentrate and you know spend the whole summer learning guitar. Uh, yeah, exactly that. And um, it's yeah. that whole exact. It's exactly the same sort of aptitude. I've always said, like since way back when I learned it, way back, I always used to say it, it's really an aptitude thing. I think you can either do it or you can't. Sure. And sure. Um, so yeah. Let me, we only have about two and a half minutes left. So I want to ask you another one of our big questions here and is what is the single most valuable piece of advice, be it personal, professional, or otherwise that you have received and implemented in your life? Single most or one of the most important pieces of advice that you've incorporated into your life that's really made a difference for you. I think it's just exactly love what you do. And yeah, nice and simple. Yeah, and I, I think you know those other things have to come into it. All the other things that I mentioned earlier, but seriously, the the number one thing is you got to just be happy. You just can't be miserable. <laughs> and can I ask you, is that something that was imparted to you as a child, as an adult? Is it? You mentioned that you know perhaps your childhood had some challenges that maybe it was later in life when. I, I feel like, yeah, I think it was later. Yeah, I feel like it was um, later in life, kind of a light bulb moment for me. I'm not really sure that I could put a, put a figure, finger on when that happened. But definitely, I would say later in life, even after I was a mom, that sort of thing. Like, suddenly I went, because I feel like I think until that point, I might have been just treading water. Sure. Yeah. So, so your definition of success ties in very nicely with your, the advice that you were given and shared with us. Let me ask you this with just a little bit of time left. What's the single most important thing you can do or should do or want yourself to do every day to maintain that success, to maintain that happiness, to keep that, or if you've kind of lost it, to get it back? My thing that I, and I keep, actually, I'm, I keep talking to my colleagues about this as well, who fret about various things. I just say, look, you just put blinders on and you run your own race. Just forget about people upset with you or, or competitors or whatever the thing is, just run your own race. And I think that has worked for me. I've flown under the radar in terms of my own career and found my own success. And yeah, that's, I love that advice that yeah. I'll take that to heart. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, Norma, I could probably keep asking you questions for a while more, but we are out of time for today. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been great having you and thanks for what you do for the WordPress community and others. Oh, you're very welcome. And thank you for having me. I hope I didn't ramble too much. Not at all. It's been an absolute pleasure having (laughs) you on the show. But before we say goodbye, uh, two things. One, I want to reiterate the thanks of the Tara just shared, not just for being on our show, but perhaps even more importantly for the work that you and your team are doing for the WordPress and wider tech communities to ensure that all sorts of people can get value out of tech conferences. And and though not just that, but also the work you're doing around letting people know that it's not just those who may be hard of hearing that benefit from captioning. There's a whole range. And, and uh, thank you for that. But we, before we do say goodbye, please let us know and let our listeners know where they can find you, please. Online. Oh, yes. Um, you can find me on Twitter at White Coat Captioning, spelled a little bit strangely. It's White Coat, C-A-P-X-G. 
And my website is whitecoatcaptioning.com and also whitecoatcaptioning.uk.co, I think. Um, it's the UK version of the, of the white coat. Co. UK then. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, that's where you can find me. I'm on sort of a semi on Instagram as well under the same handle, but I'm not very active on Instagram. But Excellent. find find me there anyway, and ask to ask to be ask to join me, or or ask me to join you. Excellent. Thank you so much. Lovely to chat with you. Thanks. You're very welcome. And thank you so much. And I'll see you at the next WordCamp. Sounds great. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.